Good afternoon and welcome to Anatomy of a Rescued Project, how Franciscan Health and a key partner turned failure into success. A health system CIO Media Inc. production sponsored by CBTS and Cisco. Just a little housekeeping before we get started. My name is Anthony Guerra. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Health System CIO, and I will be your moderator today. We're looking forward to some audience participation. You can send your questions and comments in in the Q&A box. We'll take those later in the program. And we're going to do a little one-question poll, get, you, get the results, have our panelists guess at the results, and then reveal them. So that should be a lot of fun. Nice way to see the screen, if you click in the top center, get it in side-by-side -side mode. Then you can adjust the divider to get the slides and the video boxes the size you want. And it should say speaker view in the top right-hand corner. Okay, so, uh, so you see how we're going to spend our time today. We're going to go about 35, 40 minutes with our main panel discussion featuring our good friend, Chuck Christian, VP of Technology and CTO with Franciscan Health. Dustin Leake, CIO of the Healthcare Practice at CBTS, and Paul Howard, Regional Sales Director with CBTS. So let's jump right in. I think it's going to be a very interesting conversation, and we're going to learn a lot. So, Chuck, let's start with you. Can you give me an uh, overview of your organization and your role? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here this afternoon. Uh, uh, Franciscan Health is a 13-hospital system with hospitals uh, in Indiana, Illinois, uh, and uh, physician practice locations in those two states and Michigan. Uh, overall, we have probably a, almost 400 different locations. Uh, we have about 29,000 employees. Uh, and uh, we do you know, acute, acute care, uh, and uh, we have uh, rural uh, critical access hospitals, uh, and the uh, you know the main focus is taking care of patients and stuff. In my role uh, as uh, the vice president of technology and CTO, I have responsibility for all of the infrastructure, uh, which includes all the you know the the data centers, the servers, the networking, the phone systems. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm just kind of the chief cook and bottle washer uh, from the technical standpoint. So uh, having a great time, been with Franciscan for about 20 months now, almost. Very good, Chuck. Dustin? Uh, I'll let Paul hit the overview of CBTS, but my role within CBTS is uh, I lead the CBTS healthcare practice uh, where I leverage my 15 plus years of experience leading healthcare IT organizations to help our healthcare customers with strategic and operational business objectives. Very good, Paul. You can just go with the role. If uh, I think we heard about the organization. Uh, sure. Uh, the role, I, I, actually, I was drafted or volunteered into this role. Uh, yeah, right, Chuck. Drafted um, is good. good term. To, uh, to assume <laughs> accountability for uh, turning around a troubled program. Um, and uh, actually, I don't know if, if you heard much about CBTS. Um, Go ahead. I, yeah, I'd like to slip a joke in there, right? Uh, so I, uh, CBTS is an IT solutions and services provider. We're a subsidiary of Cincinnati Bell. Uh, and I like to say we are the last bell if you don't count Taco Bell. Uh, but we've been in the... <laughs> We've been in the communications business since 1873, so uh, 
Uh, That is not a misspeak. That is uh, actually the truth. We're headquartered in Cincinnati, but we've got a strong national presence in global reach. So that's uh, that's my little pitch right there. That's a very good pitch. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, Chuck. We're going to start with you. Can you dis- now? We're going to talk about yep a particular project and get some lessons from it. So we want to describe the project that we're going to discuss. What was the objective? When did you first become involved with the project? Because that um, not you know people have to think about that in terms of this kind of issue. Not oh, yeah. everyone was there from the beginning, right? Um, that's true. None so what of were us your were. first impressions? Right. So that's uh, yeah. I'd like so I'd like to know from all of you when you sort of came in, what you saw. But Chuck, lay it out for us. Sure. Uh, when I joined Franciscan back in April of 2019, um, we uh, one of the things that uh, they had decided to do was. We have uh, about 13 or 14 or that time uh, legacy PBXs uh, throughout the entire enterprise. And they, it, it was cobbled together, and that's my phrase, uh, connected together in order to provide a enterprise phone system. And the, the, the IT leadership uh, in, under Bill Laker and a few others made the determination to move to a different solution. They put out an RFP. Uh, they did a review. Uh, CBTS was the uh, uh, winning bidder uh, to implement an enterprise-wide voice over IP solution uh, based upon Cisco's technology. Uh, and so when I, I joined, being the CTO, having responsibility for telecommunications, it basically says, here you go, uh, get this done. Uh, it had been uh, in the works for probably a year or more before I joined the organization, not a lot was done. Uh, very, very few phones had been turned over. Uh, and so uh, we started working that, uh, trying to uh, get it moved forward uh, and, uh, you know, didn't go real well. And so uh, uh, the, the, the thing that uh, Charles Wagner, who's our CIO, he and I, had a conversation with the president of, uh, of CBTS uh, at that time, and we explained that you know this was not going well. Uh, it was a multi-million-dollar endeavor, uh, and if you can't ride the ship, uh, we'll have another partner. Uh, in just about that way, uh, you know, we were very—I'm I'm a pretty pragmatic guy, and so uh, uh, and, and I'm one-dimensional. If you don't like what you see, you're not going to get anything else. I'm, you know, I, I, I say what I mean, and I mean what I say. So, uh, which which doesn't sound real like me, but it, it I, I try to speak the truth. And uh, uh, you know, one one thing, and I'm, I'm going to give you some blue-collar wisdom. We talked about that just a minute ago. Two things my daddy told me that that I was given. Uh, that nobody can take away from me. You know, one is my integrity, uh, the other is my word. And when I give my word away, I need to make sure I keep it. So uh, that's you know kind of the approach we we took with with this project. And so uh, that's when I was introduced to Paul uh, and introduced to Dustin. Uh, and uh, and so we're going to talk a little bit about the dynamics of how this uh, you know how we took a project that was, you know, in the ditch, over the cliff, not working very well. We had two teams, my team, their team, that were, animosity is sometimes too light of a term. Uh, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't like each other. Uh, they, you know, it was pretty obvious that 
we were not going to have success. And so that was very troubling uh, to me. So, Paul, I'll let, uh, let you jump in and uh, Dustin and add anything else to the repelling commentary. Well, I, I certainly would agree with that, Chuck. Uh, I remember that initial meeting I, I had with you. It was very uncomfortable. Uh, but certainly, you and Charles uh, laid down the law for us, and, and we knew what kind of challenge we had. But you're exactly right about the, about the team. Um, you know, team chemistry uh, is a big deal, especially uh, with, uh, you know, cross-company teams that have to come together for a, you know, a unified goal. And uh, we were just struggling. Um, you know, one, one of the awful jokes um, that someone told about this thing is that uh, for this program, uh, we had so many come to Jesus meetings that Jesus started declining them. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, this is true. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So the, the thing about it is, you know, there is a massive number of lessons learned. Paul actually used uh, this this project as part of a master's class that he's working on right now. Uh, I, and I think that the, 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 some of the, the things that we had to work through is uh, around partnership and relationship. I don't, you know, I've been doing uh, healthcare uh, information technology as a CIO and CTO for well over, oh my God, 30 something years. Uh, I don't like the term vendor uh, because that means, it reminds me of somebody that's got pots and pans in the back of a mule cart that's selling stuff out <laughs> of. I, you know, I, I don't wanna buy that stuff. I, I want a business partner now. And you, and you know, you have to understand that a enterprise telephone system, uh, it can make and break an organization. It has to work and it has to function. It has to be bulletproof. Uh, the phone system and the network, two of the most prized possessions that that I have the pleasure of overseeing, uh, they both work uh, off the same thing. Uh, you know, if our network's not up, once we get this phone system in, uh, our phone systems are not going to work. Uh, and so, and CBTS's uh, network is not functional, uh, and their infrastructure is not functional. It's not going to work. But that was not the meat of the issue. The issue was people. Uh, it was relationships, uh, and you know, in my humble opinion, we had the wrong people trying to lead uh, the uh, from both directions, both from my side and uh, Paul's side, uh, and so we kind of interjected ourselves into the process uh, and made some adjustments uh, in, in in the in the team makeup, uh, in some leadership roles, uh, and. Uh, and, and the other thing is that we agreed to work very, very closely together uh, and to tell each other like it was. And uh, I don't, we no, neither one of us that I'm aware of has pulled any punches. Uh, and uh, uh, as, if Paul will tell you that uh, inside CBTS, uh, their senior leadership all the way up to the, his boss's boss uh, has watched uh, the, uh, uh, the metamorphosis of this implementation uh, and uh, has, has commented on it. Uh, and, uh, and, and unfortunately, uh, Paul now has some additional responsibilities because he's done such a great job on their end. Uh, I don't need any more responsibilities uh, on my side, I, I, uh, but uh, I, uh, I'm sure that Paul has lots of bandwidth, so. Yeah, right. Let me get and some Dr. thoughts. Uh, let me get some Sorry. thoughts from Dustin. 
Yeah, I was just going to add, you know, um, I, I don't know if everybody heard Paul Howard make the comment earlier, but all three of us were new to this project. We all walked into it through, you know, when it was halfway you know, in the middle. Um, you know, and I think that um, Chuck's point about us having this just these frank conversations from the very beginning, uh, I think all of us realize the only way this is going to get better is if we all start telling each other the truth. Yep. Uh, you know, you can take the approach uh, from the CBTS side that, that the customer is always right. But, you know, I having been a CBTS customer uh, for the exact same solution in, in my past life, uh, understood that, you know, sometimes I'm wrong. Uh, and, and I need I need a partner uh, that's willing to tell me, hey, look, I, I'm not trying to call your baby ugly, but in order for both of us to, to succeed together, we have to be able to have these frank and honest conversations. And I think that was that was one of the keys to uh, just starting the, starting this anew and getting it off the off, off the rails. Yeah, I, th I think the thing about it is if we had not uh, realized that the baby was ugly uh, is uh, <laughs> it, it, together. Uh, that we wouldn't have be uh, where we are. Now, the other thing too is I don't want anybody in the audience to to un, to believe that it's all sunshine and rainbows. Uh, in good Southern English, it ain't. Uh, we we're putting in a phone system. We're putting phone systems in hospitals, physician practices, in a lot of different, very small, very large places. It's hard work. Uh, we have a lot of people involved in this, and the only way that we're we're going to be successful, just like Dustin said, we have to tell each other the truth, and we need not be afraid of it, uh, right. because uh, if we fail, we fail. Uh, that it's both of us. Uh, it's Franciscan from a healthcare standpoint, and I, I take the you know my job and the pleasure of of helping move forth the ministry of the sisters very very seriously. Uh, and uh, we have to have that technology uh, to do that. And so, uh, uh, I, you know, we, we just have to keep uh, being honest with each other and moving it forward. Well, just to, just to reinforce that, sorry, Anthony, I saw you just no, no. talk, but go ahead. Um, no, no. It's funny that you mentioned ugly baby uh, there, Chuck, because when, when I delivered my assessment to, uh, to my boss's boss, um, you know, uh, a few weeks into this thing, I called it the ugly baby report. So, <laughs> um, but, but the thing I wanted to mention is that uh, very early on uh, in the first couple of meetings I had with Chuck, um, you know, Chuck told me, I, I don't want excuses and I don't want apologies. I just want, you know, performance. I, I want results. I like that. Yep. And, uh, you, you know, we, we chose to trust each other, right? Uh, I believe trust is a choice uh, because you don't have time to earn it, right? So we chose to trust each other and, um, you know, reveal dirty laundry uh, and, and give each other the unvarnished truth. Um, and, and just like he says, we, we haven't held back. And I think that, that galvanized our relationship and allowed us to show the unify the, the team, how to unify, uh, themselves. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we were, um, you know, things like, uh, on project, uh, team meetings, status meetings, uh, I think Chuck and I, um, did what I call intentional banter to uh, show the, the uh, cross-company team that we were aligned and that we had common goals. And I think that, uh, you know, that, that symbiotic relationship um, made an impact on the, uh, on the unified team.
and that was a big part of it too. I want to back up a little bit. Um, Chuck, take me, just my personal curiosity, take me through um, you coming into the organization and you, I guess you have a pile of stuff and projects and people hand them to you. Everyone say, oh, here's what's going on with this. Here's yeah, the, what's going the, on with the that. The beeping sound of the dump truck was extremely loud. Yes. <laughs> Big right, dump. Right. No, so, really, that's not true, but uh, yeah, I knew what I was so walking you pick into. Up, you pick up these things one at a time. And you're saying you're, you're looking at them and trying to decide in what condition the project is. Yep. How quickly after you picked this one up, were you disturbed by what you saw and why? Because I can imagine <laughs> you picking up some and you go, this looks okay. This one looks fine. This one, I mean, was it just boom, this is, this is a problem? Was it like almost on fire? Uh, yeah, it was a dumpster fire. Uh, I mean, I think everybody uh, involved with it. I mean, the thing about it is, is me new to the organization, not only because they, they never had a CTO before. I'm their first one uh, from a senior, you know, vice president level position. Uh, yeah, I work for corporate uh, and I work for Charles. And uh, so trying to, the organization trying to learn me, uh, me trying to learn my leadership team uh, all the way down to the managers who were working on this project uh, and, you know, and then understanding what level of expertise uh, and how we were staffed uh, and how we were and then looking at just the, you know, the contract for this was not, you know, uh, a small thing to, you know, to wade through because it was a lot of, of, of stuff uh, built into it. You know, we're we're putting out about the end of the day. We're we're going to be moving out twenty five, thirty thousand phones uh, or profiles, as we now call them. That's not chicken feed. And so, um, you know, it didn't take just a couple of meetings to listen to. Uh, there was a a basket full of excuses uh, being. Uh, you know, emptied out and refilled every time the group got together and there was a massive amount of finger pointing and there were people in my office and uh, conversations we were having. And it, it, you know, it didn't take me long, you know, it, it, very long at all to realize that it, you know, we had a dumpster fire and throwing water on it was it, in the, the, there was oil inside the dumpster. You throw water on it, it's just going to make it worse. And so we had, we had to take a different approach. Uh, and, you know, that did mean uh, uh, having some candid conversations uh, with leadership uh, because, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of hard for me to go into, you know, my new boss and say, hey, this thing's on fire. Uh, and then, you know, and, and Charles is, uh, is, is a, it's the kind of leader that if you walk into him with an issue without a solution, he's mm-hmm. going to give you one. Yep. Uh, which is fine. I mean, uh, you know, uh, we've gone through a lot of stuff uh, and, and I like that about Charles um, and the fact, so I know now when I walk in the room so, and I, you know, out, lay out a problem, here's how I think we need to address it. Um, and, you know, he, you know, sends me forth and, you know, just, you know, make, make sure that you're successful. And then there are you know, times that I needed his, his senior vice president uh, uh, presence in, in that room to have that conversation to make sure that the conversation that we're having carried the weight uh, of the senior leadership for the organization. So it uh, didn't take long. Dustin, Dustin and Paul, um, 
you're you're going you're you're watching this. You're mo- I'm su- assume you're monitoring. And again, you have to refresh my memory on when you each came into it. But you, from your point of view, you're seeing this project not go the way you want it to be going. You're frustrated because I'm assuming you felt you weren't getting the proper engagement from the other side. What does a vendor do in that situation when, again, you're frustrated with your client? So, sure, sure. You know, so I had a unique perspective. I've only been working with CBTS for two years. And and as I mentioned earlier, you know, I was sitting in Chuck's seat two years ago, Uh, not necessarily at Franciscan, but a different health system. Um, So uh, together with Paul uh, and our internal team, um, you know, we were able, I was able to educate them a little bit about uh, and help them be more aware about here's what the customer sees. This is what they care about. You know, as I mentioned at, at, in my prior life, I, I implemented the same system uh, from CBTS. Um, so I had already had experience with CBTS's implementation practices, you know, stumbling blocks that we hit as an organization. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, Paul and I, I think, you know, to, to use, a, use an older term, ham and egg it pretty well in that, you know, Paul really had the lay of the land of CBTS. I was new to CBTS, and really what I could offer internally was my perspective as a customer uh, that had been in Chuck's shoes before. Paul, Paul? I'll let you. Well, uh, since I forgot the question, I will uh, – <laughs> I will add, <laughs> I will echo uh, so Chuck's Anthony statements. forgot it too. So uh, yeah. yeah, just kidding. Well, <laughs> it, it it was easy to see uh, with a very quick um, you know look at the situation and at the uh, the program itself that uh, it was it was finger pointing and and it was excuses. So um, you know we had to take that into account. I will mention this too, as Chuck said, uh, we all inherited this program and it was long in the tooth when we did inherit it. And honestly, uh, some of the folks on the project team uh, were just suffering from fatigue, right? Uh, They were just worn out uh, from the lack of success. And the team itself, uh, I believe, didn't think they could win. We lost Paul. Paul. He he was making a really good, really good point there too. Um, and, And I want to talk about that for a second, Chuck. He just used the term. It caught my ear. Um, they were they were getting sort of depressed and despondent. Yep. Um, and and he said they 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 didn't feel like they could win. These are all sports terms. This makes me think of a team like the New York Jets or Giants, just to tell you where I'm from, that keeps <laughs> losing and they get depressed and they get forlorn. No, and they no quit one's on the noticed. Coast. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. The, the, one of right. the things that uh, I uh, I've watched uh, and and. You know, Anthony, you know, I, I speak uh, uh, a lot, not as much as I used to, but uh, one of the things you can look at a team and you can, and I've watched uh, a couple of professional golfers do this as well, is you can tell when they're playing to win or playing not to lose. Uh, right. And and then so the, this these teams, both teams were playing not to lose. How do, how do I not get blamed for this? And the other thing too that I know that Paul was probably going to get there is I don't think that either team, their team, our team, uh, there was a vacuum in, in uh, a, a leadership role is, you know, the team did not believe that anybody had their back in, in, you know, they didn't have a place to go. Uh, and 
everybody, when you're doing these very difficult, large projects, you need to understand that, you know, that somebody's not rolling out, you know, not building the gallows uh, in the background while you're trying to get this done. Uh, and uh, that, you know, both members, you know, members of the team have their hands on the, the door, uh, you know, that's going to drop you down and hang you. So uh, it, I think it's very important from a leadership standpoint for uh, every, uh, all the folks to understand is that for these projects to be successful, the team needs to know that they, they have support. The other thing is, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Paul mentioned, I don't, I didn't want any excuses and, you know, don't apologize because uh, we're, you know, I, the only people I've ever known that never fail are the people that never do anything. And we're going to make mistakes. Uh, and, you know, the, so we told the teams, look, we're going to screw this up. We're going to make a mistake. And we have made several and we've got yet several more teed up yet to make is <laughs> let's, let's, let's bow to the East, uh, you know, acknowledge what we've done, learn from it. Let's not turn uh, our mistake, let's turn it into experience rather than stupidity. Because, you know, you know what, a, mis a mistake that keeps getting made over and over again, it's because you're stupid, you can't learn from it, uh, is that, you know, and then let's go forward. Uh, let's celebrate our successes. And, you know, I'll tell you about a success that we had. I didn't know that we were going to be able to pull it off or not. We have we have two large billing offices, one for the ambulatory, one for the acute care. We, we lovingly call them the ABO and CBO. They're in two different, one's in Hammond, Indiana, and the other one's in South Indianapolis. Uh, about 400 or so people. We needed to change their phone system. We needed to change their, their desktop faxing solution. We needed to change their call recording system their PCI monitoring system, changed their office from a uh, on-prem exchange platform to Office 365 and upgrade them to Windows 10 in one weekend. Now, any of well, those other projects would have made most of my hair fall out. So we did this with planning. Uh, we had lots of boots on the ground. Uh, we did a lot of partnership and I will say that uh, by Tuesday afternoon, we did this. We started on Friday, handing out new equipment, doing training and all that other stuff, checking things out. And by the way, these people were working remotely because of COVID. We sent them home. This was in July the 24th that we did this. This was a Friday. Uh, and over the, over the weekend, we did all of that. Uh, and, it, you know, we, there was a lot of testing, a lot of prep and that kind of stuff. But on Tuesday afternoon, we shut down our daily calls because there were no issues that we had to address. And so it goes back to something I learned in the Disney Institute. And I, I don't know if Walt Disney said this or his brother said it or who said it. But uh, when I was going through the Disney Institute, it kind of stuck with me. It's, it's not the magic that makes things work. It's the work that makes it look like magic. Uh, and so the other thing is when you I had the one of the directors of the uh, ABO and CBO basically going on and on and on about the new recording call recording features, because not only did it record the call, it captured the screens uh, at, that these uh, people were going through uh, at, at the same time. And so they could actually, 
in, in that afternoon when they learned about that feature, they were actually, the managers were going out doing real-time education on staff, making them more productive. He couldn't say enough about it. Uh, and so uh, it's those kinds of wins uh, that you have to celebrate, you know, for a period of time, but you, you know, you can't, uh, you know, you can't sit on your laurels, you know, and it's basically, what have you done for me this week? Uh, and so we're, we're moving forward with, with other wins uh, as well. So. Paul, I, um, I wanted you to finish your thought about, um, you know, you were talking about the idea of winning, uh, the team felt like they couldn't win. It sounded like a low morale situation. Uh, made me think of a sports team that's not winning. Um, and I guess people, you know, I don't know if they quit essentially on it, kind of but like they're the just Jets. not engaged anymore. <laughs> kind of like the Jets. But Paul, can you just continue that thought and, and finish expressing what you were saying there? Sure. I, I think because of uh, program fatigue, um, the, the team thought there was no way to success. Uh, and, um, you know, they really struggled with that and, and thought they were caught uh, in the abyss and could never climb out. So it was really difficult to, uh, to kind of get through to them and give them some hope um, because, I, you know, I was injected into it. Um, and, and, you know, I was a sales manager, right? So what does a sales manager know? Uh, but uh, that little did they know that 36 years of my career, I was doing large scale deployments and, and operations and support. So uh, I, I kind of had to prove myself to them um, and, and uh, jointly with, with, with Chuck and, and folks like Dustin, uh, we showed that um, we were going to go arm in arm uh, at, at the top and show them how to do it instead of going toe to toe. Arm in arm yep. instead of toe to toe. Yep. Chuck, can you talk? I'm I'm interested in this concept of morale uh, when it comes to a team and and low morale becoming a problem yep. if it's there that inhibits work. Is that real? I mean, on some level, you say it's a job. You do your job. What do you, What do you mean morale? Right? I don't understand. But well, maybe it's a real thing. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a uh, one of the the, the things that, you know that I'm on the faculty of the Chime CIO boot camp, and one of the uh, the success factors I te teach at from time to time is about how to manage and create high performing teams, uh, and that's basically when the the team's able to function and you're not standing over them, you know, like uh, George Washington standing in front of the the boat pointing. Uh, you, you get the teams that uh, are dysfunctional. Uh, and uh, they're not able to see success on the horizon, and, and they don't see the purpose of their work. Uh, you know, there, uh, there was a, a, an author, uh, Patrick Lanciano, who wrote a book called The Three Signs of a Miserable Job. Uh, it, it, those are all very apparent. And the other thing, too, is that people need to understand what they do, how it connects back to the mission of the organization. What is their worth? Uh, and how are they, you know, it's not only personal, but it's also from a team standpoint and, you know, high performing teams, they don't, people don't really worry about, you know, winning individually all the time. They worry about the team being successful. Uh, and in both our teams, uh, you know, to form the one team, you know, for the implementation, uh, they were never going to be successful. Uh, I've, I firmly believe that. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, we, we, like I said, it's not all sunshine, rainbows, and roses. 
uh, we still have those difficult conversations. And, you know, Paul and I, you know, we have each other on speed dial. We're texting each other during some of our conversations. And, you know, we'll say, you know, man, I, here's what I heard. I really wish we hadn't heard that. And then, mm-hmm. so we'll address that uh, after the fact. So we're kind of in sync uh, with, you know, propping up these teams, you know, and I think Paul mentioned it. Uh, one of the very important things about to, that has leading to the success that we're having is because both teams know that Paul and I talk to each other when we're not on the phone with the team. Uh, we have a weekly touch base mm-hmm. uh, and it's, uh, you know, no holes barred. Uh, and I, you know, his boss, uh, lives, uh, not too far away from me. Uh, and so, and, and we talk, uh, and sometimes we talk about Paul, uh, sometimes we talk about Doug, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, it, it's, it's, it's how we build those relationships because I think that, you know, CBTS understands as any good business partner was if, if their customers are not succeeding, they're not succeeding because, uh, you know, if somebody calls me and says, you know, or, you know, last year, this says, so how's the implementation going? Or should I consider CBTS as a business partner? Guess what I would have told them. So hell no, hell no. Uh, CBTS would have (laughs) lost business. And so there's a, a revenue opportunity missed. They, they call me today and I've, I have done this already is, uh, you know, and Anthony, you know, me for, you know, for 20 something years, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to tell somebody the, an untruth in order to get somebody to do business with somebody. Uh, and sometimes the, the business partners, uh, I've done this a couple of times. I'll tell them the bad stuff along with the good stuff, because if they only hear the good stuff, uh, you know, it goes back to another saying that if it's, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you're going to have some rough patches, but it's what you do with those rough patches uh, that will make you uh, successful as you uh, go along. Totally I want to, um, I, I want to touch on, uh, on the CBTS side. Um, Dustin, let's start with you. Uh, through this whole process, I would imagine you've identified, uh, done a post-mortem and said, this is what went wrong. This is in our process, in our, in our program, the way we do things. Here are the steps that were wrong. Here are steps that were missing. So we don't have this problem again with another customer. And you want to update that, fix that. Um, has that been done? Um, have you gone back and looked at the way you do things and said, okay, we saw why it went off the track. Here are the things we need to do so it doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's been done. Uh, you know, I'll say you know some of the key themes that came out of it. Uh, you know, I mentioned it before, but this this the customer is always right mentality. Uh, and I, I don't mean to say that the customer isn't always right, but people are are buying our services and hiring us to do work because we're experts and they view us as experts. So you know, don't yeah uh, yeah. You know, I guess the the uh, least gentle way to say this. You know, part of our job is to also not let the customer shoot themselves in the foot, right? Um, and so, you know, from an engineering perspective, you know, we, we've got some very strong engineers, as Paul mentioned, our, our, our history in engineering. Um, you know, engineers want to build what the customer is asking for, um, even though it may not be the best thing in the world, right? Uh, and, and if you're an IT person and an IT engineer, 
you look at IT as the solution when maybe IT is not the solution. Maybe it's a workflow change on the clinical side or the business side that's, that's a better solution than, than engineering it. So I, I would say that's one. And then the second thing that really came out was around our project management methodology, right? And, and having um, honest uh, conversations with our customer about project schedules and project timelines and uh, understanding and being flexible. For example, at, at a health system, you've got to have a backup deployment because if census is too high, there's no way that hospital CEO is going to let you come on the floor and start swapping phones out. Right. So rather than leave your people sit on the bench or sit in, in Indianapolis somewhere uh, doing nothing, what's plan B? Maybe there's a business office that you can do that's closed. Um, so understanding and having that flexibility uh, specifically around, you know, we're talking today about, about healthcare, but you know, it applies to most verticals, uh, whether it be manufacturing or something else. Always have a plan B so that you can keep the ball moving forward so that you can stay on schedule. Paul? Uh, well, I believe that uh, you know, some of uh, the, the, key, the key elements in uh, the, uh, the benefits of all of the work that uh, we did uh, from a leadership standpoint uh, did, pro did uh, point to some process discipline. Uh, issues. Mm -hmm. The uh, project management, uh, as Dustin mentioned, you know, this was a complex, is a complex um, program. Uh, Franciscan is huge. Uh, lots of uh, locations, uh, lots of uh, PBXs, uh, contact centers that have third-party applications and functionality that have to be integrated. Uh, so discipline in, in process and uh, overall program management, uh, not only that, but engineering discipline as well. Uh, so uh, that, that was a big part of it. Um, and, and the turnaround was injecting a uh, couple of key folks and getting that discipline uh, back into the, uh, in, into the right track. Chuck, I want to back up a little bit. One of uh, uh, we talked about you coming in. We talked about you looking at the projects and identifying ones such as this one that were not where you wanted them to be. You we and I want to focus on that first meeting you had with CBTS. I want to. So here's what I want you to tell me about. What's the right process there? It sounds like you did your internal due diligence first. Talk to the people in your organization. What's going on with this? Get all the information. And, and, and then is it have that come to Jesus meeting if he accepts? Remember we made that joke? He yep. wasn't accepting yep. anymore. <laughs> if he accepts the meeting. Um, it, so what's the best process? What, what did you do? And do you feel like that was the best practice in terms of gathering the information and then having the meeting, laying it out there? And then I want to go to Dustin and Paul and, and talk a little bit about any pushback you had in that meeting about, hey, well, you're right, but here are some other things that you may not know about. So, Chuck, you first. Sure. Well, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, getting all your ducks in a row, uh, but, you know, I'm an observational manager, uh, is I like to see uh, what, you know, firsthand rather than, you know, it's not that I don't trust, uh, but, you know, I take Ronald Reagan's approach, trust but verify. I go into the meetings and listen. Uh, and you know, you know, try to comprehend what's going on, uh, rather than trying to react to what you're being told. 
because you know you, you know it's not that I don't think anybody was you know, purposely being untruthful, but they were they see three see was seeing the activity and the project through their own lens. Uh, I wanted to see it through my lens, uh, you know, because I was new to it. I, you know, I could, you know, be somewhat unbiased, but I have to, uh, you know, I was very protected of, of my team, you know, entrusting of my team. But the other thing is um, I don't like it when people don't give me the opportunity to fix something when I don't know that it's broken. And so, uh, you know, I did not jump right up to the CEO of the organization. I brought in the, the, the people that I knew that were leading the teams uh, uh, from the CPTS side, and we started those conversations uh, there. Uh, and then, you know, when nothing, you know, I, I heard, you know, a couple of things. I heard excuses, uh, and I, I heard some apologies, uh, and then I, I, you know, listened to a couple of other meetings, and then that's when, you know, we had uh, – a massive failure uh, in a healthcare uh, facility, uh, which which w- was disruptive. Uh, it was pretty apparent that the process we were using was not going to work because the hospital we did wasn't wasn't that big, and if we couldn't do one well that size, when we got to Indianapolis to the the large hospital down there, it was going to be a disaster. Uh, and so I, you know. I like what I do. I love the people I work with. Uh, and, you know, I, you know, I did want to lose my job uh, because we were unable to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. get this corrected. So that's when we called in, you know, Jeff uh, and, and he brought Paul in because Jeff and I had had some conversations over the phone. Uh, he knew where we, he knew the, the, the tenor of the meeting, that we were going to have with Charles when they before they came in the room, they knew what we were going to say, because uh, Jeff and I had already had that com, you know, that somewhat level of a conversation, uh, and so we just wanted, you know, you can tell somebody something over the phone, but when they're looking at your eyeballs, uh, it has a little bit more weight, uh, and what we wanted to be clear uh, about the message that that we were going to deliver, so. So was that it was that failure uh, at that smaller hospital that was whoa that was the big eye opening moment and we need to talk correct well it's it's, it's kind of like the you know the crater uh, uh, you you know you you got something that uh, it is going to go uh, but you know you you want to you know you're in denial for a period of time until it actually detonates uh, and there's a smoking hole in the ground uh, that you have to react to so. That absolutely was the catalyst. Yep. Absolutely. So Dustin and Paul, um, you, were you both in that meeting that we're talking uh, about? I, I don't know, Dustin. No, I don't think Dustin was meeting. there. It was it's Paul no. and Jeff. No. Yeah. Right. Um, All right, Paul, tell me about it. You're, you're going, you, you, you know what to expect. You knew about the, the problems at the smaller hospital. You know right. this is big. This isn't going to be pleasant. So, again, let's talk about from the vendor point of view or service provider, I assume you want to get all your ducks. There was some preliminary information about why the meeting was being called. So you had that. You knew there was a meeting being called. I don't know what information you had in terms of what they said, why they wanted the meeting. At that point, what do you do? Are you doing your due diligence internally, trying to prepare for this meeting, almost like prepare your defense? Uh, And when you go (laughs) in that meeting, it's delicate with, with a customer, right? Because 
you don't want to yell back, but as we see, as Dustin was saying, the customer's not always right. So if there were things that the customer was not doing correctly, you need to present that in a very diplomatic way so it doesn't come off as, hey, get, get rid of this guy, right? Yeah. There was sure. never any yelling, Anthony. It, there was just focused conversation. <laughs> right. Chuck, I never want to have such a conversation with you. I tell you, you scare me. I'm Go not ahead, in, Paul. Uh, I am what? the least intimidating person you'd ever run into. Well. I doubt it. When you're when you're <laughs> mad, or when, let's not say mad, when you're displeased, I would not want to be on the other end of that conversation. Right. And I respect you, and I love you, Chuck. I just don't want to mess with you. Go uh, ahead, Paul. Thank, thank you very you much. I wish. Uh, do, will you tell my wife that, please? Uh, <laughs> go, go ahead, Paul. Well, uh, yeah. Anthony, I I actually entered this after that failure. So in that meeting, uh, it was a little bit of not a shock because I've been through some of these before, but I entered with sparse information about exactly, you know, what the problems were. So I knew I was going to have to, um, you know, do some digging. Um, and, and essentially that's, that's what I told, uh, Charles and, and Chuck that, uh, you know, I do have some experience in this. Uh, I know I'm going to have to show you. So, uh, you know, give me the chance to do that. And, uh, you know, it was, it was all about uh, grabbing the team and finding out what was working, what wasn't. Uh, and, and essentially, uh, yeah, Ch Chuck is a, is a great guy, but that first meeting, I considered that an ultimatum. So it, it was, uh, it was sink or swim. And I think I went back to the team and I said, we're in do or die, uh, folks, we got to pull this thing out. Um, and and uh, in terms of giving honest feedback to a customer, uh, after I after I did some digging, um, we were I, I, I looked at us and we were playing defense all the time. We weren't on offense at all from a service provider standpoint, uh, and as, it, we're in an expert kind of role. Uh, we should have been playing offense all the time. So I, I continually talk to my team about get off your heels, you know, uh, act like a professional, act like, uh, you know, we know we're going to win this thing so, so that it doesn't become a self-fulfilling prophecy of failure. Yep. You know, Paul, first of all, you use a lot of sports analogies, which is fine. I like that. <laughs> it's all about teams and winning. Chuck, um, question to you. When you go through that meeting and things worked out, so was did you like Paul's approach in that meeting? Did you like the way he handled himself? And what was it about the way he handled that meeting that, that didn't make you throw them out at that point? He did something right in that meeting that you were like, okay, go ahead, see what you can do. I don't think it was the meeting, actually, because basically that meeting was pretty brief. Uh, you know, we, you know, we were very, you know, succinct. Uh, if it lasted 30 minutes, uh, it, it, I don't think it did. It did uh, yeah. And so, you know, we were, we were there, uh, we asked them to come up to the office so we could deliver a message. Uh, it was the activity that took place after, uh, when, you know, Paul and I started doing forensics, uh, and we started uh, being, you know, sharing observations, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, quite, pragmatically with each other about what I'm seeing in his team, what I'm seeing in my team. And he did the same thing. And we, we came to common conclusions. Uh, I never, uh, you know, I, you know, I never told Paul, here's what I think you need to do with your team. And he didn't do that with mine. 
is that we use that information to come to uh, conclusions uh, that leaders have to make sometimes uh, and you know, changes uh, and approaches. Um, and the fact is that, uh, you know, we were doing some things that, uh, and we were running some of our staff way too thin, uh, and we still are, but that's just kind of the way we, but we realize that now. Uh, and the other thing is, is that because we're a large organization, um, there was uh, too many work streams that were, you know, trying to be done simultaneously um, and I had one project manager on our side that was trying to manage all of those. Uh, and I, you know, I remember the, you know, uh, you know, Dustin, when you were brought in to, because I, I kept getting updates, you know, the executive updates and I'm looking at the stuff and I'm going, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, this is not the information I need. So Dustin, uh, you know, came in to help the team, the engineering team to understand what information that I needed as an operational leader. Uh, and so, um, you know, and Anthony, to go back to your question, it really wasn't, uh, the other thing is, is that, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't think that, that the leadership of CTP, CBTS and the leadership of FAIS, say that real fast three times, yeah, uh, right. had basically met to uh, come to a common understanding of the criticality of the success of this project. Uh, and so we did that at that meeting uh, and then we moved forward for that. And so uh, I think that, you know, from my standpoint, you know, Charles is looking at me to lead this uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm not the boots on the ground. I'm just the, I'm the, I'm not the quarterback. I'm the guy who's uh, I'm the center. I'm, I'm running interference uh, for the, the people that really know what the hell they're doing. Uh, you know, I can pick up a phone, I can dial a phone, but I don't know how to install a phone or engineer a phone system, particularly. And the thing about it is, is that what I, I don't want uh, anyone in the audience to think that we're just, you know, replacing desk sets. We're not. Uh, we're putting in call centers. Uh, we have multiple call centers that require call trees and programming. And we're doing integrations with overhead paging systems and, uh, you know, uh, uh, switchboard attendance. And this is a very complex beast that we're putting in place. Some of the stuff works really good. Some of the stuff, eh, not so much. Uh, you know, we had to actually, to do the, uh, the replacement of the call recording system, we actually had to, working with our partner at CBTS, go out and engage a third-party developer to develop an API that would turn the call recording on and off appropriately to meet the PCI standards that would become an go into the Epic Orchard. Guess what? That was not necessarily easy to do uh, because now we have a three-way partnership. We're trying to get all this stuff done. And I had one of my architects right in the middle of all this trying because he had done the original integration. So he knew the programming of it. And so uh, there were there's so many moving parts in this things and so many opportunities for failure. What we have to do is we have to call them out and say, hey, I think we have a risk here. What are we going to do about it before we get you know, to the edge of the cliff? All right. We don't have much time left. I want to get a final thought um, from everyone. So I want to start with you, Dustin. Um, what is your advice to other vendors 
who may find themselves in a project that is where this one was before it got uh, fixed up. Sure. Uh, so uh, I know it's easier said than done, but but take ownership uh, and partner. Um, so, uh, you know, in my past life, I spent a lot of time with vendors and manufacturers listening to some of the things that they were saying. Uh, the ones that took ownership, that, that told me about their works, uh, that, that let me uh, work with them and work through it with them were the ones that I valued the most. Uh, so uh, to other service providers, to other vendors uh, or bars, you know, the customers, there's a lot of competition for that customer. And the ones that you truly partner with, partner with and can be open and honest with uh, uh, are, are the ones that are rare to find. And if you can make yourself that person, uh, not only do you benefit but you exist because of your customer and ultimately your customer benefits. Um, so that, that's kind of where, where I would leave it. It's just be open, be honest. Uh, no, not everything is perfect and be, be willing to admit that not everything is perfect. Uh, the goal is to keep doing things that move the ball forward, not necessarily uh, dwell on the things in the past unless that helps you not make that mistake again. Paul? Well, I would say that uh, it starts with leadership and, uh, you know, from a customer to service provider uh, relationship standpoint, um, we succeed more often when we've got a uh, sponsoring executive who is actively participating in the program. And I, I think we made a, a huge, uh, huge move forward when, uh, when, Chuck just rolled up his sleeves and jumped into the uh, into the ditch with with me and with CBTS. So that, that's that's number one as far as I'm concerned. It's you know you got to have that leadership and, and if you're building a team and, and you're building a large program, start there. Yeah, Chuck, the one your final thought, uh, the yeah. advice you advice you'd give to your fellow CIOs um, it could be they started the project and it went south. Could be they came in and and the project wasn't where it should be. What's your advice to get things back on track? Well, I mean, never be afraid to call the baby ugly. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there, uh, you, I've watched too many people uh, that are unwilling to say uh, it, we're in trouble because they don't want to fail. Uh, and guess what? You've already failed and you're going to continue to fail until you can you know, you realize uh, who you are, where you are. And the fact is, that you may not be the right person to do this, but have the the fortitude to bring, you know, to hand it off to somebody who can. Uh, and uh, the other thing is, uh, don't be afraid to uh, to roll up your sleeves. One of the most valuable lessons I learned when I was in, you know, the short time I was uh, uh, SVP and CIO at a hospital in Georgia was uh, being present. Uh, we were uh, trying to do take five EMRs in all these physician practices and turn them into one. Um, and I just started rounding on the physician practices. And I didn't realize it, but I found out a little later that the office manager, as soon as I walked in the door, she went and told the, the, the primary physicians and their nurses that I was in the building. And she made sure that they saw me and had a chance to talk to me. 
And it wasn't until about a year of me doing that, uh, that I got told by one of the physician leaders, how much he appreciated me coming out of my office, driving to his office and being present in his workplace and listening to their concerns. And I think that that's, you know, we as leaders, we can't lead in a vacuum from our offices. We have to get out and being present in the meetings, even those, you know, I, you know, my calendar you know, goes from sunup to sundown. Uh, and, but being present is one of those leadership responsibilities we have to be. And the other thing is uh, creating an environment where the collaboration can occur. Uh, because, you know, if, if I had walked into every meeting with Paul and, and Dustin and Jeff pissed off uh, and, you know, making demands, saying that we're right, you're wrong, we wouldn't be where we are today. And so we, we have to admit that sometimes I'm the ugly baby uh, and we're all fallible uh, and uh, we're all human. We're going to make mistakes. And uh, we just, you know, it, it, there's a way to partner in order to make this stuff work. Uh, and at the end of the day, our jobs collectively is to make Franciscans successful. Uh, and then, and doing that will make CBTS successful because they're, they're not doing what they do for free, uh, but there has to be value back to the organization. They have to illustrate for us to write those checks. Wow, that was an excellent, excellent conversation. I think we provided uh, some serious value there for our attendees. Regarding continuing education, you can use the final slide in this deck. You'll get an email when the on-demand version is ready for viewing of our webinar. If you want to sponsor an event with us, you can reach out to Nancy Wilcox from our team, and you can go to our website to register for upcoming webinars. With that, I want to thank our panel, amazing panel, Chuck Christian, Dustin Leak, and Paul Howard, and I want to thank CBTS and Cisco for making this event possible. And I want to thank you, our attendees. And with that, everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks for